The review podcast. Yeah. Oh. Welcome. Oh, no, you. You go. You go. Oh, welcome to the review podcast. I'm Bree. And I'm Anthony. And this is a podcast where we review movies. <laughs> I don't usually do this no, part. He left me you, out to dry there. You no, know, you took charge. I was like, uh, if, uh, let's go, girl. You go, girl. You go, girl. You take charge. We are. Work. We respect women on Work. this podcast. Work. Welcome to the Review Podcast. I'm Anthony. And I'm Bree. And this is a podcast in which we review movies. And then we review movies. And this is a podcast where we take a movie and we have seen it at least one time one of us has seen it at least one time and then we chat about it we review and uh we got a little bit of a different setup today you can't really see it but if you've watched our video podcast from way 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 back when you know the wall right behind us um this wall is where i house my Yu-Gi-Oh posters oh my Yu-Gi-Oh posters i had to take them down because what's on the wall now brie the seating chart for our wedding. Yeah, we made a big diagram of our seating chart. <laughs> so we got like the big head table up on the top of the wall with like note cards with people's names. And then we've got um, little circles with people's names written around the circles and note cards. So it's a big little, uh, a big little diagram is what the I just said. The big little diagram. The big little diagram of the seating chart because I didn't, I, my caveman brain did not know how to do this otherwise <laughs> other yeah. than take up the entire wall once we get like the actual seating plan this is all changing yeah well this is all um a what well, well, this means nothing to people that are listening right now um this is <laughs> a uh preliminary seating chart for our wedding because we finally got everybody um that is coming uh we finally like capped it off and we said you know if you didn't send in rsvp or sol um or you're not on the list sorry <laughs> sorry bud i don't know what to tell you because we made the seating chart already and i'm not changing it because it was quite difficult oh uh, we we spent like a good chunk of time yeah we spent we spent a decent amount of time because and i'm freaking tired so listen to this we wanted to um and they said, no, I will not listen oh, to this. Oh, I didn't know you had something else. You, well, you. you paused after it. I didn't know if you were done. Okay, can, can, listen to this. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> I spent all day doing sweatshirts for my bridesmaids. And thank God I have like one of the most amazing friends as one of my bridesmaids. She helped me do it all. But I hate the cricket. I, I hate it. And I know that tonight I have more cricketing to do. And you'll have some more next week. And more cricketing to do next week. You're on your own, Brody. I don't know how to use that thing. I, I'll you said you would help. I'll do it, but I'm not doing all of it. It's not that much. Not nearly as much as you guys did today. It's not nearly as much as you guys did today. We did For my work. groomsmen. And then... I still, I have, like, so much stuff to do. The wedding is, like, really stressing me out because I feel like a lot. I have a lot to do. I have a lot. I have to, like, I, know, I, know. I have to, like, I, I'm, assemble I'm the the centerpieces and then take a picture of the centerpieces and then send them, like, print them out, at like, and then put it in a binder 
and I have to update all the binders. And I'm just like, I feel like I need to take a day Wait, off. Wait, a binder? What, what about a binder? The day of binder. The binder that says when everything's happening. Who's in charge of what? Oh, we need a binder for that? Oh, yeah. It's online, and I'm going to print it out once it's, like, finalized. There's going to be several iterations of the binder. Jenna will have a binder, my sister, and then your brother will have a binder. And they will be the binder I'll let keepers. Him know. <laughs> I was my not sister will be the, the my sister will be the one who has the binder with the envelopes that have the tips for all the people involved. Oh yeah, that needs to be that needs to be done. Well, on other news, uh, we got our marriage uh, certificate license to ma- to wed. Well, it's not finished though. But it's a license it's a preliminary to wed. license. It's a license to wed. Provisional. We need a couple different things in order to get that thing official. The signature of the officiant. His name and pretty all that. pretty much it, right? Yep. Yep. And then we just send it in. Cool. And then we get, then we're married. And then I marriage. Take, then I take this guy's last name and we go on our honeymoon and I just enjoy myself in Florida. 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 Catch me not doing the review podcast all of December. Oh, yeah, we might have to take an extended <laughs> little break after that. Um, which, uh, that'd be disappointing because we'd be on the one year mark almost. Oh, and then we'd, maybe we do a couple special like Christmas episodes where we do Christmas Can we do movies. Santa Claus is coming to town? Whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> what, what would you rather do? I was, I was thinking like Christmas movies that aren't really Christmas movies. Like Christmas movies, movies that movies aren't that, Christmas movies. Movies that happen during Christmas season, but they're not Home Christmas Alone. movies. Home Alone is Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what are some other ones that you can think of off the top of your head? Die Hard. Uh-huh. That's a Christmas movie. Yeah. Um, well, it happens around Christmas. Movies that occur around Christmas. Is there sun- a Predator movie that takes place during Christmas? Maybe. I just want, like, Christmas isn't the focus. It's, like, happening in the background. Yeah, it's something that's just, like, the backdrop for everything. Yes. Um, you could. I mean, we could have said Child's Play, right? Ah, uh, yeah. That's wintry. Wintry. <laughs> uh, yeah. So <laughs> You get to see the inner workings of my mind. A lot of it is just, uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. Everybody listening to the pod right now, I am beat. I woke up early, and then I went to the gym, and then I cleaned, and then my friend came over, and then we went grocery shopping. Now we're doing the podcast. Then we're gonna unpack some stuff. Then we're gonna, I'm gonna make dinner, and then I'm gonna continue to unpack stuff, and then. <laughs> and then it's bed, and yeah. I just. Almost no, then I have put to the do, mic in my mouth right there. Then ah. I have to like lesson plan for the week ahead and then it's bed. Yeah, I did all my grading and everything earlier today. We saw a concert on Friday. Oh yeah, we went to Riot Fest. It was really fun. I thought it was fun. Would I ever go back? No. No, probably not. Uh, I'm getting burnt out of music festivals, man. This is my first year going to music festivals again. To be honest, the only way you would get me at Riot Fest again is if it was a band I really, 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 really wanted to well, see. Well, yeah, I made that comment to you after we saw my, we saw my Chemical Romance. That was the reason we were there. That was the whole reason we bought the Riot Fest tickets was because it's one of our, if not Bree's favorite band. It is my favorite band. It was on our, um, like, yeah. our... Uh, 
for my bridal shower it was a game it's like what's brianna's favorite band but one of one of my favorite bands and so i was like man uh my chemical romance has been broken up for almost 10 years at this point and i've never been able to see them live and they're one of the bands that i've been like man if i ever got the chance to see my chemical romance live i would totally take the opportunity so two, almost three years ago, they announced my chem for Riot Fest. And then uh, the funniest thing happened. <laughs> and then the funniest thing happened. <laughs> the pandemic. So uh, everything was kind of shut down and they canceled Riot Fest 2020 and rebooked My Chemical Romance for Riot Fest 2022. So we did not go to Riot Fest 21 and we bought the tickets for Riot Fest 22. Um now, back this up with, I went to Lollapalooza this year, too. And I that didn't. Was my so first... I guess, like, I, that's probably the reason why I'm not as burnt out yeah. as you are, is because I didn't get to I I didn't go there. I went to the one day of Lollapalooza because I wanted to see Green Day, who are my favorite band. And it's like, any opportunity I get to see Green Day, I'm going to go take the opportunity, because I don't know how long they're going to be touring anymore. So... um. I haven't been to Lollapalooza in years and years and years, and this is my first year going. It was pretty chill. It was nice. Um, but then we went to Riot Fest, and I told Bree after the My Chemical Romance show, I was like, man, I don't think I'll... I think this is my swan song from, like, concerts in general. Like, big concerts. Because I saw Green... In a month span, basically, I saw Green Day, and I saw My Chemical Romance. And I don't know if I can get better than... Like, in my opinion, there's nothing that's worth going to that i would pay like an outrageous amount of money for aside from those two forget your kanye's forget your drakes forget your bad bunnies I'm, but i'm sorry i'm punk i don't go and see anything that isn't them maybe i'd go see a taylor swift concert taylor swift maybe but like even when we were i briefly looked at the tickets for olivia rodrigo when she was here my god they were so expensive and she's only got like what five songs or something she got one album. I guess, like, I will only go see artists if it's, like, a whole day thing where there are other things to do. Well, we got our money's worth because part of the reason why I bought Portugal the ticket the man. is Portugal the Man. I'm and we saw Destroy Boys. Destroy Boys, very I've been good. playing their um, playlist. I really like them. Mm -hmm. I think I won't listen to them for a little bit longer. I'm cold. We, uh, we have the air on and the <laughs> Which, vent is right but behind But keep you. it on because like, it's gonna it, get hot it gets in here hot regardless. in this house. Um, but, uh, man, Portugal the Man freaking killed it. Portugal the Man was so good. And I knew that they were going to be good. And they were on the list for me of like bands that I really, really wanted to see but never got the opportunity to go see. Um, the last time they were in Lollapalooza, I ended up not going. That was in 20. 18 i think and i was like really close to going decided not to watch the live stream on hulu and was like my god they're so good i didn't tell you something funny that happened while we were at the portugal the man part of yeah the... go ahead so i was standing next to these girls who probably i'm gonna just take a stab in the dark don't listen to portugal the man i felt like i was the only one in that entire concert that knew any of the words to any of those songs. i'm just gonna i'm just gonna throw it out there i don't think these ladies have ever seen portugal the man because one of their songs comes on and the girl next to me goes oh my goodness it's pumped up kicks and i was like oh that's no. foster the oh, people no. it's pumped up kicks <laughs> i was like that's foster the people that's not portugal the man 
<laughs> I thought you were gonna say, um, do you remember when we were at GameStop? Oh my god, Neagle from Doug. <laughs> so, okay, we were at GameStop in the mall and we're looking at the Funko Pops and there's Nigel from the Wild Thorn. And I like to tell you, not only does every pop say the name of the pop, but the it brand. also tells you what it's from. They literally say on there, on Nigel the top, Thornberry. it will say what it's from. So on the top of the pop, it will say like Dragon Ball Z or Avengers or Wild Thornberries or like Spider-Man. And then the bottom part says their name. So this man goes, he looks oh, at it, he, he looks, points it out. He points it out and he's like, oh, it's Neagle. First red flag. For, first red flag. You can't read the word Nigel. And then his friend goes, <laughs> oh, yeah, from Doug. <laughs> and I, I turned I to so Anthony <laughs> and I went, Neagle from Doug. You, you audibly said like, right? Because normally like we'll, we don't say that in front of people. Mm -hmm. But afterwards, we'll look at each other and be like, did we really just hear that? But you audibly were just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I could not believe what I was, and we bring it, and this happened like years ago, pre-pandemic happened. This is 2018. And I bring it up all the time, and it's like how we express like someone said something stupid out in public and audible enough for us or to hear. Or when, when we were at Six Flags. And oh my God, yeah, yee hoo yep. When we were at Six Flags and there was these like foreign people, I don't know where they were from, but they... We're in the um, like Southwest territory of Six Flags Great America, and, and they were saying, trying to do cowboy noises. And so I was saying, yeehaw. The guy said, yeehoo. Which reminded me of that one episode of The Simpsons, the Trios of Horror episode, where there's um, the zombie of Kaiser Wilhelm on a horse with all the other cowboys. And they're like, wait, you're not a cowboy. He goes, yes, I am. Yeehoo. Whippy, whippy. <laughs> I was reminded of that because... It's an entirely incorrect use of a cowboy noise. <laughs> I just like <laughs> sometimes, like most of the time, I'm nice and like I don't say anything when people do something like really stupid in public. Like I won't. You, I was like surprised when you did that. I know because I don't audibly were like because like I am most of the time like very chill. Like I'm not gonna make you feel bad about like not knowing something in public. <laughs> but at that point, he had said the name Nigel wrong. And then it says wild thornberries on the box. And he said, Doug. And I'm like, have you even watched a cartoon it in your whole life? It was wrong on like three different levels. Neagle is not the way you pronounce that name. It's cl very clearly not the character from Doug. Nor is there a character named Neagle on, on Doug. Doug. <laughs> <laughs> like, I get it if there was like, there was a character named Neagle on Doug. They could have said any other thing. They were like, it's uh, Skeeter from Doug, or it's Patty Mayonnaise from Doug, or it's Doug from, from Doug. Doug. <laughs> but instead, you were like halfway there, kind of. I just like, I just, I could not contain myself. Anthony was like, we got to go because you're being ridiculous. I was like. I was just so surprised you audibly said that. Like, and, and they did. I don't think they had noticed. Did they look at you or anything? No, they didn't know that I was making, making fun, fun of, of them. them. Yeah. Any, any yee-hoo. Any yee-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, everyone. We um, 
we're get start, into we're starting it. we're starting our conversation about the movie quite early usually we don't start until about half hour into already you're talking about the you're pod. in for a treat this podcast has everything it has uh uh <laughs> a talking doll murder Military school. Military school. Things breaking up into tiny pieces. A heart attack. Sweaty people. A guy with a haircut fetish. That's okay. So there's kids so being many. blown up by grenades. Kids yeah, being that's shot so through the heart with live ammunition. This a carnival. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I feel like we do this every single child's play movie that we've watched so far, where it's like. This movie has so much going on in it that at what point do we take a step back and we say there's too much going but on? But I'm excited. Okay. If you haven't gotten it already, we are going to be reviewing Child's Play 3. I wanted to get that out of the way because I cannot tell you how glad I am that we are going to be watching Bride, Bride next. next. I'm so excited. So, if I could watch it right now at this moment, I would. I love Bride. Freaking. Freaking. If, if you would... I'm trying to think off the top of my head, like something clever. You're really good at this, Brie, because I've played Jackbox Party with you. Do you You're... know why? Do you know why? Why? I'm so good at it. Why? It's the ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> I, you're really good at this. Come up with a subtitle for this movie. A creative subtitle. <laughs> you're really good. At, I'm putting you on the spot. And I'll try to think of one myself. We'll give ourselves like 15 okay. seconds. Uh, well, talk while I think and I'll write it down. Something about military. Something about Chucky. Something about um, Andy. Uh, you can talk about war games. You can talk about uh, haircuts. Um, you can talk about uh, the mail. Because <laughs> Chucky mails himself. Toy companies. Um, liquid plastic. Blood. Dembella. Voodoo in general. Charles Lee Ray. Okay, now I'll just bullshit while you think. And I'm just going to run through. Couple I have a, of ideas of I have a subtitle. I have a really hard time, like, when I, like, put on the spot. Uh-huh. Where I'm like, Child's Play 3, it's all out war. and All out war? Yeah, it's all out war. Or Child's Play 3, it's like, it's like, I don't know. I was thinking child's plea, like the three would be the Y. Oh, no. I was I was even taking it as child's play three. Child's play, and then the three is like an E at the end with the A sound. Child's... I thought we were doing like child... Like no, I was tagline. just coming up with... Child's play three... Oh, just a subtitle. Like... Child's play three... Military... Uh, gosh, I'm, I'm having. I'm, I'm like I'm struggling. writing down ideas. So we got Kent, we've got grenades, grenades. Yep. We've got war, war. We've got kids. We've got Charles. Four. We got bro. Bro. Yeah. Grenade. Grenade. Child's play with a vengeance. 
Child's Play, play. Three, but the three is Child's sub- Play Three. Is like the Bro, the grenade, Charles. Exponent. What? What was it? <laughs> Child's Play Three. Bro, the grenade, Charles. Bro, the grenade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like throw the grenade. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking because there's a line where. Oh yeah, he does say that. Yeah, Chucky's gonna be a bro. Yeah, bro the grenade. Bro the grenade. Okay, Charles, because the kid calls him Charles. Yes. Oh man, you remember this movie much better than I do. I feel like I've seen this movie like ten times. You told me that too, and I I was like, like, I have no memory of this movie. I was telling you like beat by beat what was going to happen. Like I was. Because, like, I was getting super stoked at certain parts where I'm like, damn, he's replacing the bullets. And Bree's like, no, that's, like, a big set piece that happens later. And I'm like, no, like, this is very important because, like, one of the kids dies. Like, I don't know how you remember this movie so much. I vivid, feel like, like I erased I, this movie from I my brain. I vividly remember this movie. And I think it's because it's so different. From, until we get to later ones. Yeah, until yeah. we get to later ones. From one and two, mm-hmm. then it stands out within the trio. Yeah. Like, and then we get to Bride, and that stands out because, like, it's Bride. It's Bride, and it's a masterpiece. And it has it has what every good movie franchise does. They introduce a new, brand new character. I was just going to, I was thinking about talking about this on the next Bride It's podcast. the Scrappy-Doo. It's Scrappy-Doo. It's Poochie Syndrome, but... Is it Poochie syndrome? No, because it works. Because we love Tiffany. Yeah, we do. Tiffany don't... becomes a fan favorite Whereas character. Whereas we hate Scrappy-Doo. And Poochie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's Poochie. <laughs> and everyone hates Scrappy-Doo. And also, Fairly Odd Parents did that. Where Poof? Not Poof. Well, Poof can be considered Poochie syndrome. But um, in the last season of the Fairly Odd Parents, they introduced a new kid that shares fairies with Timmy. You can share Chloe. your fairies. You can't share your fairies. Well, they come up with this thing that's like there's a fairy shortage and another kid needs fairies, so they have to share there's, Cosmo. There's and Wanda. a there's a fairy fairy shortage, just like there's a teacher shortage. I'm a fairy. There you go. Yep. Bing bing bing. Okay. Anthony did some good research about this movie. No, I didn't. <laughs> I did he tried his he the... tried his best. Um, we're gonna listen to him intently because and he'll complain that i'm not giving him enough feedback when he's talking but i like to when anthony is giving his background to browse the internet (laughs) go ahead anthony child's play three uh i don't have a director right in front of me but um written again by you know him you know his name mancini don mancini um, Don Mancini's Brainchild, Child's Play 3, uh, released in 1991. We have the shortest release window between these movies, too. And I did some research about oh, this. Oh, you did? I did. So I had told Anthony, I was like, why didn't they cast the original Andy in this role? And I was like, well, when we did look at the turnaround, he would only be 10. And then the actor they got to play Teenage Andy was 18. 
at the time. It, that's wild to me that he's he looks so young. He looks so he young. Looks like he's fifteen in comparison with his female co-star with Silva, who is only three years older. The the actors are only three years. I looked apart. at that actress and I was like, "This that's is very grown, clearly a grown, a grown woman. ass woman." But he's eighteen and she's twenty one. It isn't that big of an age difference. I think she just looks really she just old looks and very he, mature, and, and he I, looks young. And I said, "It's their face shapes." It could be. It's he has a rounder face, and rounder faces make you look younger. Yeah. And she has a very angled face, and angled faces make you look older. No, I think that's absolutely correct. Or it's that thing where it's like people in our generation look younger than people from the previous generation. Like older generations, when they were our age, look older than we do. And so that like phenomenon, I know there's a reason for it because like styles change and things like that, but, um, could be that too. Um, all right. So a little bit of trivia here where, uh, we have the shortest release window between these two movies. The release window was nine months between Child's Play 1 or Child's Play 2 and Child's Play 3, where, um, Universal had hired Don Mancini to write Child's Play 3 while production of Child's Play 2 was still going on. Um, and before the movie had even come out. So Mancini has said that this is like his least favorite of the Child's Play series because he felt as though he was being kind of like wrung out for ideas for these movies because it was so quick and he didn't have like a moment to breathe between two and three. So we can, I don't know. Did you think that this movie was rushed at all? Did it seem rushed to you? I like this movie. Knowing what we know now about I like this movie because it is a fast-paced movie. It is. But I feel like we've been on track for faster-paced movies since the first one. The first one is slow because we are waiting for the doll to do something. The second one, we know the doll is a killer. But we're still waiting for the doll to do something. We're still waiting for the doll to do something. This one, the doll kills someone very quickly. Yeah. It's like almost immediate. We're not waiting for the doll to kill somebody. Mm -hmm. So it, it moves a lot faster. I feel like even though I believe the two and three have similar run times, they're all like 90 minutes. That two seems like forever and a day long. Well, this one is very quick and easy to follow. Yeah. Yeah. That That's right. Um, let's Duh, see. It's me. What else did we have here? Oh, there was one more thing that I was going to... Um, the box office disappointment. It didn't make as much money as the other ones. One of the reasons why we don't see another Chucky movie for seven years after this. Um Let's see. I'm trying to look at the IMDb. Oh, they asked Peter Jackson to direct this movie. And I I read that earlier today and I was like, you asked Peter Jackson, the guy. Well, he didn't do it yet, but the guy who later goes on to do the Lord of the Rings trilogy, like all the hobbits. Y'all asked Peter Jackson to direct your third child's play movie. I don't know where Peter Jackson is at this time in his career, but that's a big ask, my friends, to get try to get Peter Jackson. He must have not been big at that time. He must have not been big. Um, okay, what else? Uh, let's see. There were some things that I wanted to... This is the last movie that uses Child's Play in yes. the title. Um, the young cast actually participated in war games t- together to build camaraderie. That's pretty cool. 
I have to say, I told Anthony, I was like, you know, I love to collect obscure like references from yeah, movies. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I would kill for a Kent military school like sweatshirt. Because like the moment that someone's like, is that from Child's Play 3? That's the moment you're like, well, now we're best friends. Now we're best friends. <laughs> and I was telling Anthony, I was you're like. You're currently wearing an Eagle Fang karate shirt. I am currently wearing an Eagle Fang karate shirt. No one has said anything about this to me today. So I'm very disappointed. Mm-hmm. But I have a bunch of those like um, weird reference things. Like I have a Stark Industries hat. I have a Pym Industries one mouse rat. Um, you got me. The banana shirt from the movie Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates, where I looked at that shirt. I was like, that's a great shirt. Um, there's like a bunch of stuff that I have with like logos of like fake companies on there from movies. There's a, there's a ton of stuff. I'm like, and I was telling Anthony, I was like, you know, I can't wait till I can get another tattoo. And I'm like, I want, I want like references to music and movies I like on my body because the, the person in me has always wanted that. Mm-hmm. I, I think I am going to get in contact with a tattoo artist soon. Do it. Do it. Do it. Why don't you try to get in contact with somebody that's at the tattoo convention later on in the in 2023? They do like a tattoo convention. I was going to get in contact with this girl who does the style of tattoo. Okay. That I was that I like, and I know her through friends. Cool. Um. This is the final film in the series to include the lore that Chucky must transfer his soul to the first person he reveals his true identity to. The further movies don't use that. And I wonder, because I don't remember, but I wonder if Bride has a reason why that's not a thing anymore or if they just scrap it completely. I don't remember. Because I know that, don't they have an amulet? You said something about an amulet amulet a few weeks ago. There's an amulet, which I think then defeats the purpose of the... Needing it to be the first person you tell. Mm-hmm. She has the amulet. Oh, this is what I wanted to bring up. Um, actors that were considered to play Andy at the time. Will Wheaton, Ethan Hawke, and Skeet Ulrich. Skeet Ulrich Skeet, is too, This is five years before Scream. He's too cool. You think he's too cool? Yeah, they needed to like kind of like a square to play Andy. You think this guy's a square? Oh, yeah. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> what makes someone squarish? Well, Skeet Ulrich has, like, the cool guy look. He's perfect for Billy Loomis. But this guy... He's a little he, whiny, a little bit. No, he doesn't have... He has, like, the preppy boy look. Not the cool guy look. Who, Andy? Yeah. Andy? Andy? <laughs> With that Brad Dourif Chicago accent. Andy. Andy. Um, that was it, I think, that I wanted to go into. Um, they considered Alyssa Milano for De Silva. I don't know. Maybe that's interesting to you. Um, and then there was one. Oh, this little piece of trivia. Um, Chucky always loses his right hand before he dies. In the first Child's Play movie, Andy's mom shoots it off. In Child's Play 2, Chucky tears it off to escape from the bar. And the, this movie, Andy cuts it off with a knife. That's I didn't notice that. interesting piece yeah. of trivia. It, it, Ch- Chucky always loses his arm or his hand or something. Um, so, I don't know. What are your immediate thoughts on this movie? Do you like it? Do you dislike it? I, I like think? this one. Yeah, I, I like them all. But <laughs> for different reasons. This one is definitely the 
most uh, out of the franchise so far, definitely until we get to Seed. But this one is the most like outrageous in terms of how much is going on in this movie. I like agree. you said, this movie has it all. <laughs> this movie has it all. <laughs> this movie has literally everything going on. One thing I noticed from this movie was kind of a tonal shift from the previous one. And I th- I think that this movie, uh, Child's Play 3, uh, somewhat abandons all of the goofiness of Child's Play 2. Where, like, 2 is a little funnier. Like, Chucky flips off Kyle and things like that. Yeah, this one I don't think was really funny at all. But to juxtapose that, with or contradict that, I guess, Chucky almost speaks entirely in one-liners in this movie. <laughs> where it's like, that's something we complained about in the last podcast, where Chucky in Child's Play 2 is not creative at all in his insults or like what he says to people. And then in this one, almost every single line is a one-liner from him. You can't keep a good guy down. Um, what else does he say? What's, uh, do you remember his first line in this movie? The first thing you hear Chucky say. I've heard no. Don't fuck with the Chuck. <laughs> it's a one-liner. Like, this is the complaint like that we made with um the first or the second movie where Chucky needed more one-liners instead of just like eh, F you. But now it's like it's too much one-liners. Especially Never for the enough. tone that they were trying to go for with this one. Never enough. The opening is cool. Yes. So I t- I wrote a little bit about the opening. It was like they were they're cleaning up the factory. They take a crane and it grabs Chucky's body and it bleeds and they throw that plastic in with all the rest while they're mounting them down and you see like swirls of blood and as we're building the new doll like the blood well, is incorporating Well, first of all, in. the we we get into the factory from the second movie and it looks like it's been abandoned afterwards a considerable amount has of time has passed because there's like a buttload of spider webs on everything like an absurd amount of spider a cartoonish amount of spider webs yeah but it's been years andy has was a child but now here's what i'm not understanding i guess is you don't just abandon a factory like that in the middle of production, and you don't clean anything up. If like a bunch of people, nobody died. cleaned anything up in eight years. Probably not. That is wild to me. If that's the case, um, I don't know. What else did you think? No, nothing. I was like, that was pretty much like it was really cool. I it wondered, was probably filmed in reverse. That's what I was just gonna bring up too. Is like one of my questions about it was how did they film this opening of like the melting doll? And it's probably, they spent some time melting the actual freaking doll and filming it and then rolling the footage back in reverse. Seems like that's more or less the way that they could have done yes, that. Yes, that's probably. Similar to probably what they did with, um, do you remember in Halloween? Oh God, is it Halloween 2018 or Halloween kills with the pumpkin that the pumpkin. returns back to life. Yeah, it's just they they put a camera in front of a decaying pumpkin and then mm-hmm. played it backwards. Yeah. Um okay, so we reveal that when they end up 
cleaning the the factory again they take that big like chucky um cluster i guess is what it is from the second movie and they're like they crane it above a pool of pla liquid plastic and chucky's blood mixes in there and it's like ah oh, shit chucky's back isn't he this is how we bring Chucky back. You know what my thoughts were? What was your If thought? I didn't know where this movie was already going with military school, I would have thought multiple Chuckies. Yes, because of the melting down. I And I'm actually like now in hindsight because we do have a movie where in the TV show where there's Chuck multiple Chuckies and they use this later on. I'm actually like disappointed that they didn't use it earlier because that would make a lot of sense. If your whole vat of liquid plastic now is contaminated with chucky's dna it's like all of those dolls should be chucky mm -hmm. right they should all be reborn into chucky do you think that they would all be different chucky's or do you think they'd be like a collective hive mind well now I have watching the show and knowing it's not it's is a hive mind i don't i thought it wasn't some of it is a hive mind no, I didn't think it was a hive mind. In the show and in cult, I don't remember it being a hive mind because there wasn't Chucky Prime. There wasn't like... But they all kind of like... They all kind of knew... Know the experiences of other Chuckies. Yeah, but they're not operating as, as a single one, Yeah, unit. they're not operating as one Chucky. They all have their own personalities as seen in the trailers of the show yeah which i can't wait to get into some of that stuff later on i i know we're doing a lot of like i can't wait to get to bride i can't wait to get to cult but boy oh boy this this is what we like this, this is, good is this, shit. This, is a, this is a good shit <laughs> this is really good um anyway we gotta get a move on here so uh the doll mechanics uh before we even move on to discussing beat by beat the movie the doll mechanics, like, they get better and better every movie, I think. Even though the doll is friggin' ugly. So the doll movie. in this one, I wrote down, it's it's noticeably chunkier. The face is, like, squished inwards. I don't know what it is. It feels like the face has a consistent, like, scowl, almost, like a, or a scrunched up face. And it does look chunkier it's than chunk before. It looks like a chunkier doll. Which is fine because we're under the... Op like, so when they... In the beginning of the movie, we have this whole opening scene of Chucky coming back to life. Them, like, remaking the doll on the assembly line or whatever. And then we get this, like, boardroom meeting from the toy company that creates good guy dolls. And that's where we get the exposition of... Andy Barkley almost destroyed this company with that rumor that there was a living, killing doll. Um, so they established that it's been how many years? Eight? Something like that. Yeah, it's like eight years after Child's Play 2. And they have discontinued since discontinued the good guy dolls because of bad press and publicity. But now they're having this discussion of... I mean, boy, oh boy, are we crazy consumerism and it makes us a ton of money and we don't care. This was, to me, like, knowing what Don Mancini wanted to do with 
the original child's play and making it very much based on the evils of consumerism and targeting kids for toys and how like these major companies want to just like exploit children. I wrote down, they said in here that um, children are consumer trainees. Yeah. Don Mancini's dad worked for a toy company like this. So that's where like a lot of his experiences with wanting to write towards consumerism came in. Um, and I feel like this is probably the most, this one scene is the most he's had to say about that or gotten the opportunity to say about that. Uh, in addition to the first, I don't know, 20 minutes of the first child's play movie when Andy watches the cartoon and eats the cereal and sees the mascot and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, but this is a very like blatant, very like in your face eighties consumerism is bad. It it is, but you know, we ain't going to argue with you. We ain't going to argue with you, Don Mancy. We agree. We here at the review podcast. We agree. You shouldn't make movies just because you can make toys. (laughs) I remember looking we, at you, one company in particular. Hasbro? Are we allowed to name the companies? No. Why not? Because we're not calling out them by name. Sorry, Hasbro. We weren't talking about you. It was the other Hasbro. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't talking. We were talking about Hersbro. Oh, yes, of course. I've heard of that one. Hersbro. Um, Harbro. Gummy Bears. Not them either. Terrible. Even though they did the same thing, but uh, we love Harborough gummy bears. Um, okay, so uh, what was I going to say? I don't know. Shit. Um, man, there was that time period, though. I remember listening to Kevin Smith talk about him making, writing Superman Lives. You know, we, we've watched that before of like him having that big discussion about Superman Lives and they made him, I think about this, they made him add like an entire subplot to the movie so that, or an entire new character so that they could potentially sell toys for it. I'm like, no. But that's interesting though. And do we, do you think we do that today? Or do you think we're a little bit more creative? Pua and Moana because Hey, hey was the actual animal that was with her the whole time, but we have all this toys of Pua the pig because mm-hmm. Pua's cute. Yeah, like Batman is really easy to sell toys for, but I do feel like the Batman, Robert Pattinson's Batman movie, was not like there was no indication of you have to put this in the movie so that we can sell a toy out of it. It didn't feel. It felt like that was a little bit more director and creative driven rather than toy driven. Those Avengers movies though. Toy driven. Toy definitely like partially toy driven. That's partially one of the reasons why they didn't make a uh, live action Deadpool movie for so long. Can't make can't it's like toys. how do you make toys that market it to kids when it's a rated R movie? So um it's interesting. You know, we talked about it on the first Child's Play podcast where this is generally a response to like G.I. Joe or Transformers where you have the toys and then you have the cartoons based on the toys. And now we have the big budget movies that are based on the cartoons that are based on the toys. <laughs> what do you think of the first Transformers movie? 
I didn't watch it. You've never seen it? I've never seen any of the Transformer movies. What? Okay. So, you know my friend Aaron? And Aaron, if you're listening to the podcast, we love Hi, you. Hi. Love you. Um, When I met my friend Aaron, we were in college. And uh, my one other friend knew him from class and brought him over to the dorms. So... I was like doing my homework and they were playing like NHL and they were talking about movies and um, they, they were talking about the Transformers movies and we said, uh, Aaron, what'd you think of the first Transformers movie? And he's like, I loved it. I'm like, Aaron, what'd you think of the third Transformers movie? I fucking hated it. And we were like, oh my God you are allowed to be our friend now. <laughs> it was like that moment that we were just like, we can vibe together now because now we have like, an, we have an equal opinion of the transformers. Now he's movie. looking at me and saying, we can't get married. Yeah. Well, well, no, but you haven't seen it. You don't have a judgment. Now, if you really love the second transformers movie, then we might have an issue. The third one actually is, I don't think we I were like talking the about one, the, third. the newer one that we both went and saw. Bumblebee. Bumblebee yeah. was dope. I, I love Bumblebee. I like that one. I know who Optimus Prime is. I probably have seen bits and pieces of them. I'm sure you I don't have. think I've actually like just sat and like watched one though. They're really hard to sit and watch. Well, it's a Michael Bay movie and Bayhem is everywhere. So well, maybe we'll do a Michael Bay series. Maybe. That'll be fun. There's so many movies. Um, might just be better off doing the Transformers. But do I want to sit there and watch the Transformers all throughout? Probably not. No, I don't really um, want to. What really makes this cool is like he, um, the, the boss is like, yeah, let's start the good guy dolls back up. Money. Money. Greed. Yeah. And that's like Char uh, Charles's first victim. So we get this cool part where you see. He's watching TV, and in the background, you see the golf club moving. Does he live in the office? Uh, maybe. You see the golf club moving in the background. It stops, and he gets up, and he plays golf. You think that's when we're going to see Chucky. No. Chucky turns on toys, throws like marbles. deliberately like, screws with this screws guy. Screws with this guy, and then he pops up and scares the ever-living poop out of the guy, kills him, and... With horribly with darts. Well, he like throws darts at the guy and then strangles him with and a he's yo yo. Like, nothing like getting back to your roots. No, he didn't. He said nothing like a good strangulation to get the blood circulating. Yeah, he like he loves to strangle. Yeah, he loves to strangle people. Um, the camera does a like, really cool first person point of view. Yeah, disorient. I wrote it was kind of disorienting because the camera's moving rapidly. And I wrote down like Chucky's face is a lot fatter, like when he's like the doll looks. But then weird. I said it makes sense because it's a brand new doll. Yeah, it's a new doll. New and that and the guy even says this is the good guy doll of the nineties. Yeah, you know it's a different doll. But um, I got to mention something too in that opening sequence where the doll is being like built and you get like the melting doll in reverse. Mm -hmm. I love that immediately we just get that iconic chucky screech from the doll yeah <laughs> <laughs> what i also like is after he kills that guy he's like okay andy what are you up to all right andy andy <laughs> and we find out andy's a juvenile delinquent 
Um, he's, does Andy send to this private? Well, I have to assume is a private. He's sent to the military school because he's not being by the su- state. Yeah, because he's not being successful at any of his foster placements. I have a hard time believing that the state would send you to a private military school. First of all, and I think that it is private because I brought up to you there are girls at the school, but and they're separated. They're not integrated. You know. And I want to say that this comes and put my politics teacher hat on. And I want to say that this comes after a Supreme Court case, which covered this um, U.S. No, no. Ooh, I just looked it up. It comes before the U.S. v. Virginia case. So none of this matters. (laughs) Proceed. (laughs) Proceed. (laughs) So he's a juvenile delinquent. And... um, it kind of, he kind of goes into like mom, so maybe like it taken is a public a, taken away from him. Maybe this is a public military school. I not, the more I think about you it, you feel like you feel bad for Andy because he's like, I don't like any of these people. I just want to be with my mom. I want to be with my family, and that's like he, he's acting out. So like he gets put in this military school. I wrote the actor has really good hair, but unfortunately, like creepy barber, creepy bar. Creepy Barber. Well, let's talk about that guy for a second here. Creepy so he, Barber. He go, well, first, he sits in that barber chair. And... Guys, oh, you're going to look really good bald, aren't you? And he, like, is having, like, a moment. <laughs> he gets, like... Do you, have you ever... You've seen The Little Shop of Horrors, right? Like, yes. the dentist character gets, like, a pleasure out of um, causing people pain or misfortune. That's exactly what It's this, this guy. Like, why does he have... I question this as we watch the movie. I'm like... Why does this guy have such a sick, sadistic pleasure in, like, shaving kids' heads bald when they very clearly do not care? (laughs) It's like, there's a scene where he's walking around the cafeteria or something, and he's just like, like, you're gonna look so good with all that hair gone. And he's being, like, real weird about it. And he's like, "Mm, I can't wait to shave your head and your head or whatever. Acting like the kids give a fuck about getting their head shaved, like, that's part of the deal right like you go into military school knowing that your hair is going to get cut and he assumes that this is like the worst ordeal that the kids could possibly go through that you can cause them pain in and it's not a big deal the kids are just like i don't i I don't don't care i I do not care um (laughs) then we get the good guy doll click commercial like stuff comes on it's a rehash it's the same commercial from the first movie it comes on and and he kind of has like PTSD. Yeah. Like he is traumatized by it. And you have this little boy, our like kind of co-main character. This little, oh, I forget his name. Tyler. Tyler. Mm-hmm. Who he's like, wow. He very reminiscent of Andy in the first movie. I think Tyler's way too naive. I think he's more naive than Andy. Andy caught on pretty quick and was like, I don't like Chucky anymore. Um, I think it's Tyler is the youngest person at the military school. I think that's why. Yes. And and he doesn't have any adults around him at all. We, I think there's a conversation that he has with a like teacher or superior officer at the military school where they seem to have this like soft spot for Tyler. Like everybody has. Because Tyler is there because his father is at. Is I think they met. They give the indication that his father's flying planes overseas. Yes, like he's a pilot. Um, 
so Tyler is young and in the military school and nobody really, there's only one scene where they kind of pick on Tyler and that's when they trip him when he is carrying the good guy doll package before he opens it. Um, but I mean, I think we're moving quickly. Um, um, we are introduced to Lieutenant Colonel Shelton. And I said, chill, Shelton. And, then I, and called I said, him, wow, he's young. And then I called him young Shelton. <laughs> he's like, it's Shelton, not Shelton. <laughs> like it matters. Like it matters. And I wrote one asshole. This and guy I, this guy is a, is a character you're like, he's going to get it. But then you feel bad that he gets it. Because uh, we have to put this in perspective. This is a child. Like this He's is a, a teenager. This is a this is a minor. This is a teenager. All teenagers are assholes. Yes, and I said this is the Stanford Prison Experiment because he is a teenager who's given a position of power and runs wild with it and thinks that he can yell at people and treat mistreat people because he's in that position of power. And you get this point where like they're all like out. And they're like, oh, yes, sir, or blah, blah, blah. And the one... commanding officer. The one actress goes... You're an asshole. You're an asshole. What did you say? You're an asshole, sir. <laughs> and I was like, the ball's on her. Because realistically, what can this guy do? Nothing. Nothing. He's not going to beat up a girl. So Even though he yells like... That's my whole he, outlook he, he gives on... This, he gives this really big, like... Uh, misogynistic uh, rant about how girls think that they can get treated differently, but they're going to get treated the same. And it's like, no, you won't punch her. And here, here <laughs> was my whole thing. I was telling, I was telling Anthony this. I was like, you know, what can they do? I'm like, my whole thing is if this is going off topic. If anyone was to reinstitute the draft, and I would get drafted, I'm not going. No, I've said that multiple times. I'm like, I'm not going. I'm going to Canada. I was like, because you have to train will... before they like they let you go. This isn't the Russian military and where I we ain't... just have numbers and no quality. And right? I ain't training. Go run a mile. No. What are you going to do? Throw me in jail? Okay, then I won't go. And I get exactly what I want. So, what are you going to do? <laughs> if, if I die and they send me to hell, I simply will not go. I simply will <laughs> not go. I have this whole philosophy, and I think it's a problem with, like, my generation. Um, I want to. We just don't like authority. I don't, I don't want to. No, I, we respond so... I told my students this, too, my freshmen, because it's their gener... It's the Gen Zs more so than us, where we're in that, like, middle ground between millennial and Gen Z. But I told them, I was like... You know, I share qualities with your generation as well as millennials. And I think one of the qualities that we share together is that we don't like when people tell us what to do. And like, I don't like when people tell me what to do or when somebody that I don't think has a position of power over me tries to tell me what to do well, or somebody I don't like or somebody I don't respect. Like I'll listen to my bosses at work because I like my bosses. They treat me nicely. But if my boss didn't treat me nicely, I wouldn't listen. Yeah. Because I feel like I love there, my there's bosses. there you gotta have mutual respect. I'll, mm -hmm. I I give my boss respect and I expect that respect back. I have a great boss. He gives me respect back. That's how I feel. And I give him the respect. He trusts me to do my job. I trust him to make sure that I can do my job. And I and that's why I feel very lucky in my uh 
at my job because I know not everybody has like positive and good productive relationships with their with their bosses and I feel like I've told you this before that like I feel so lucky to um have bosses that all I can I know always have my back that I can go to with any kind of problem that I have that don't yell at me if I do something wrong, you know, because mistakes happen. The minute you yell at me is the minute you lose me. Exactly. Because I don't like And it. I don't I don't treat my students that way either, where it's like I'm in a position of power over these kids. I'm in a position of leadership over these kids. What authority do I have over them to act like an asshole? You know, I think about that all the time where it's like, who am I to these kids? I'm not even that much older than them. <laughs> and I'm just, like, I'm just like, who am I coming in here and trying to be authoritative and everything? Like, that's why my classroom management style is so different than a lot of other teachers at the school that I work at. Like, I'm very laissez-faire about... Yes. Like, a lot of stuff. Because, well, my, my management because, isn't strict. It's mutual respect. And I feel like a lot of teachers don't understand that. It's like, I'm not yelling all day at these kids to listen to me because why should they? I told my seniors as much. I was like, man, you guys had me when I was in my first year... Last year, I told them this. Um, when I was in my first year teaching, and now you have me four years later as I'm in my fourth year and I've learned so much and I've changed as a teacher. I was like, you guys got the worst of me and you're getting the best of me because I, like one of the things that I don't do that I used to do was yell. My first year, I remember screaming at my freshmen to stop talking. And there was a moment where I'm just like, I am not doing this anymore. It's not working. It's not something I like to do. I wear myself out. They nobody likes getting yelled at. And I always tell the kids, I'm like, I'm not going to talk over you and I'm not going to yell at you because I like to sing and I'm not ruining my voice to mm -hmm. yell at you. I was like, if you want to learn, you'll listen. So if you don't want to learn, I was like, then you got to answer to your parents when I do my weekly check ins. I try to take um, a page out of my grandpa's book on my mom's side where my mom always said, and I know this because he's my grandfather and I was a kid, but he, he never yelled at anybody, but it was like, you knew when you screwed up, right? Like there was just that demeanor that changes where he didn't have to yell at us to discipline us. And same thing with that. My mom would say the same thing about growing up with him as a father, where it was like, he never yelled. But it was like, when he got stern with you, that's when you knew you screwed up. And I always try to like take that when I'm in a position of leadership too, where it's like, and I learned that from my mentor teacher as well. So if you're a mentor teacher, if you're listening, hi, thank you for listening. Um, when I had him, when I was a senior in, in high school, he was my teacher when I was a senior and he had mastered the look. You know what I'm, I'm talking about? Yes, I use it every day. The look of, I don't have to say anything. I don't have to yell at you, but I just have to look at you. And you know you screwed up. And I think the pandemic allowed me to master, master the look. because you only had your eyes. I only had my eyes. So I've gotten better at the look. 
And part part of it is just staring kids down. Like if I see a kid that's doing something stupid in my class, all I have to do is stare at them and not say anything. And then all the other kids will be like, they'll see me staring at him and they'll say, dude, you got to calm down. He's looking at you. Calm down. And then the kid will see me and then he'll stop. You know what I mean? Yes, like that, I absolutely it's do. It's amazing how much that works. But it's drastically different than this very, uh, to- let's say, can we use the phrase toxic masculinity? Yeah. To describe this military school? Because in this movie, the whole, I'm going to yell at you to get what I want. I'm going to punish you with physical threats. I'm going to punch you. I'm going to make you spit shine my shoes because like you're the low man on the totem pole. All that crap is just toxic masculinity, really. And I think at the heart of this is what Don Mancini's writing about. And a lot of his stuff deals with these same issues, especially when we get to Seat of Chucky and it's like the note on that movie was this is too gay. (laughs) (laughs) This is too gay. But the whole like, I'm going to yell at you. I'm going to say this thing about women wanting to be treated equal. There's a scene, the rifle training scene later on in the movie when Andy sees Chucky for the first time Mm -hmm. and Andy's screwing up with the rifle and he calls it a gun and they do that. This is my my rifle. This is my gun. That is like the weirdest, weirdest thing. Um, It's all like this very toxic, like uber masculinity thing that Andy does, does not as, ascribe to i don't think and i think that's because and i'm not i'm gonna make some assumptions here i don't know don mancini but it seems like he writes himself in a lot of these things and a lot of these stories i would agree and that's kind of the cool thing i think about the child's play series is these are these movies are about so much more with just like a backdrop of oh and there's a killer doll (laughs) <laughs> and the dolls killing people well like if you think about it like the first movie is about the evils of consumerism the second movie i can't think of anything off the top of my head but this movie more or less deals with masculinity and like um you know seed in the future deals with self-acceptance and identity yeah what i like about this one is when like tyler he is so lonely and he wants a good guy's doll so bad Sorry, I'm going to sneeze. Do it. Ooh, gesundheit. Um, He steals the doll that was supposed to be given to Andy. And I think it shows... And then, like, he gets made fun of later in the movie for, like, playing with the doll. And it's like... They're like, that's for girls. And then they put lipstick on him. I'm jumping ahead. But, like, mm-hmm. relax. He's, like, a he's a kid. He's playing with a doll. That's, like, developmentally and age-appropriate. Nah, we don't care. This is the United States military, Brie. Anyway, <laughs> when what are, he gets when we... he gets caught with the doll, after he steals it from the mail, um, he's found, and the superior officer takes the the doll away, and Chucky gets ragdolled across campus. It's that thing where when they ragdoll Chucky, and you know, like they're gonna oh, get it. Oh man, this guy's gonna get it after and they ragdoll Chucky. We you talked about Andy with the rifle. That's that moment happens right then. He like stops because he sees him, and he knows immediately. He knows immediately. Why then, on earth is there a good guy doll at this military academy that I just arrived at? Other than 
other than it's, it's freaking Chucky. Yeah, and so he gets thrown, Chucky gets thrown into a like garbage truck, but then he tricks the garbage man into thinking he like threw out accidentally threw out a kid. Yeah. And then he kills the garbage man. Which he had no reason to even kill the garbage man, but he does it anyway. And I think that Chucky is more malicious in this movie than we've seen Chucky in the past. Like, he had absolutely no reason to kill this garbage man. He just wanted to get out of there. But because he's a jerk... <laughs> and he escalates, though, throughout the whole series. Yes, he, he becomes him. more of and a more jerk. A jerk and unhinged and just killing for killing Killing sake. to kill. Like, Chucky in the first movie is out for revenge. Like, I'm going to kill people who wronged me when I was alive. Or I'm going to kill the people that get in my way to get what I want. This garbage man was not in Chucky's way at all. Actually helped Chucky. And yet, Chucky's just like, I'm going to kill this guy anyway. Yeah. And, like, out himself, because now Andy is, like, 100% certain that but, Chucky's there. And why else would somebody die in a trash compactor? Chucky is hiding in the chest in Andy's room. His friend, the little Jew White House? No, White Hearst. The little Jewish boy. Yes. White Hearst. Yeah. He's shining shoes. Of the Shelton guy. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, I'm going to go brush my teeth or get ready for bed and stuff. So Andy's left in in the room with Chucky. He opens up the chest. We think Chucky's going to be there. He's not. And we find Chucky's underneath the bed with a knife. Surprises Andy to the back of the heel with a knife. And they have like this whole like kind of showdown where Andy takes the shoe and is hitting Chucky repeatedly in the face. And in that moment... Shelton comes in and makes fun of him for playing with the doll and takes the doll. And I wrote down, Charles will be mad. So Chucky reveals himself to Tyler because he's like, oh, man, I'm turning human again. Yeah. <laughs> he thinks he has to reveal himself to like he has to go for Andy again because he revealed himself to Andy way back when. He's like, but I got a new body. I got a new body now. And he um, reveals himself to Tyler. And he's like trying to get... He's trying to do the Dembala uh, voodoo spell on Tyler. But he keeps getting interrupted on things. So Chucky is out for like... Okay, can, let's break this movie down for a second here. It's everything that's going on in this movie. Andy's in military school. The military school has a hierarchy. There are conflicting characters at this military school. They're playing war games. They still think Andy is doing everything that Chucky is doing. He's still getting blamed for everything. Chucky wants Tyler. Tyler is he's on board with it, right? He's and on board Chucky to play with Chucky. He just wants to get Andy dead and out of the way. But Chucky Chucky not only wants Tyler's body, but he wants to kill Andy and get revenge at the same time. So these conflicting things are happening in, in the same moment. Meanwhile, um, Meanwhile War we, Games is going on. Well, well, War Games is not started yet. So this is where, after this, Shelton takes the doll, and then Andy tries to go recover the doll, but then the doll itself escapes 
And then Shelton punishes everybody because he thinks someone stole the dog. And nobody yet has questioned who killed the guy with the trash compactor. Because they thought it was an accident. Yeah, I don't know about that. And then, so now we have Andy's outside marching in a circle in the rain while Tyler's playing hide-and-go-seek with Charles. And the girls had just snuck in to look at Andy's file. The girls stumble upon Tyler and erupt the Dumbala spell. Mm-hmm. The girls put lipstick on Chucky. on Chucky and leave him there because now the big guy in charge of the whole military school. The like, actual colonel. He's guy, coming right? in, so they have to leave Chucky. The colonel sees Chucky. He's like, ugh. And throws him in the trash, turns around because he hears like a tip over of the trash can and it's empty. Then Chucky pops out and scares the colonel and doesn't get to kill him because he has a heart attack. Yeah. Ch I mean, Chucky has a couple of different kills in this movie that he really isn't responsible for. Like, he kind of, there's a lot of moments where he puts everything in place for. Kills. other people to like die in different ways yeah. so like this is one of them where like chucky doesn't even really do anything aside from reveal himself and the colonel has a heart attack and and dies and then that really affects the boys they're still gonna go ahead with this war games they have planned and chucky still hasn't been able to complete the dumbala spell he's angry and then we get the scene where he's replacing the color bullets for only one team because it's like paintball basically yes it's paintball the blue team, their bullets aren't replaced. They're regular blue mm -hmm. bullets. The red team's red bullets are replaced with actual live ammunition. And that's why I'm like, man, Chucky is such a friggin' jerk in this movie. Like, he, he's just, he's a chaotic for the sake of being chaotic right okay, now. Because then we get, they split off into, like, groups and Andy is only worried about finding Tyler. Well, meanwhile, let's rewind a little bit. That haircut guy comes back. Oh, and he's doing weird The stuff. haircut guy is being weird, which I have to assume he lives at the campus. Yes. Oh, yeah. This is a very important part. So the little, the the friend. White House. No, not White. Whitehurst. Whitehurst gets picked on by him in the cafeteria. Like, I'm going to shave And it's like, you need head. to see me right after mess hall. I'm, sh I'm cutting your hair. Gets his haircut, leaves, but sees Chucky kill the guy. Can you imagine? Okay, I'd be terrified. No, not even that. Can you imagine if your only job at a school like this was to just walk around and tell people, need I, need, I need to cut your hair right now? <laughs> That's your only job. You do nothing else. They pay you. The military pays you. Because we said King of the Hill. Bill Dotrieve is a barber for the military but how often do you really need a barber at a military school for those kids like why can't we shuffle them all in on one day every month because hair grows at different times i don't know I my think... hair grows slower than your hair or vice versa hair grows slower when it gets longer but no i, I guess i know what you're saying but i just can't buy the fact that this guy's entire job is, you need a haircut. Believe it, sir. <laughs> so he gets killed, and he's very and like having just seen it, he's very like, like 
hung up about it. Well, he sees Chucky and then Chucky's like, boo. He just says boo because he knows the kid's like really scared of him. And Andy knows immediately what's what's happened. Mm-hmm. Like Andy knows you've seen Chucky. Like I I'll be- I believe you. We gotta we gotta help Tyler. We have to go after Tyler. And he's like, I want nothing to do with this, my guy. No, thank you. But then he ends up having his hero's moment. But I wish they would have led up to that hero's moment a with little like bit more. more character development. Yeah, because. There really was, and we're skipping ahead, but there really was no reason for him to sacrifice himself. I wish they had, like, led up to, like, given this character a little bit more development to make that moment mean something instead of just random, this is a random character who makes the self-sacrifice play. Um, We could tell, like, he's, like, he's a character that gets picked on a lot. We can tell that there's, like, some sense of, I'm scared and I don't want to like do anything because I'm so scared, like coward moment, but they don't establish that enough. I just wish that his one brave moment wasn't the moment he died because we didn't get enough of that. We didn't get enough of that character to make that moment mean something. Um, so, I mean, we're skipping ahead, but but uh, Chucky and they're all in the woods and, uh, De Silva and Andy have a romantic moment where they kiss, yes. but Chucky's like being a pervert and watches and says something creepy. He's like, like I need to get out of this body. Yeah, because he's like horned up. But And then <laughs> you have Andy wants to go find Tyler. Ch- Chucky is also going to find Tyler. And he's also making sure that Red and Blue meet up so that they can... They can kill each other. They can kill each other. There's so much going on. As a on. distraction. And war games. So that he could take the soul and distract everybody else because there's going to be like real live rounds being shot. This is so complex. And and there's also a carnival going on. There's also a carnival. <laughs> this is so and complex. It's, it's so convoluted, but I love it. <laughs> so when Char, Char, Chucky, I'm, I call him Charles. Charles. Just call him Charles. Charles finds... Um, Tyler. Andy. Tyler's like, I don't want to play that game anymore. And he yells at Chucky for swearing. And yeah. Chucky's like... Well, Chucky introduces himself to Tyler by saying, who the F are you? Yeah. He's not <laughs> once been a nice person. Yeah. He doesn't. He barely tries to manipulate Tyler. Um, like, ba- like, he's not giving it that much effort. So, he's like, I want to play Find the Soul. Blah, because blah. I think he, he knows that... Ch- Tyler's more naive than Andy yeah. is. So, and then Chucky gets angry at Tyler because he doesn't want to do what he wants to do. He's like, you're going to sit down here and kind of gets him. And then we have like the moment where De Silva goes out af- after um, to do recognizance after Andy has found Tyler. And Chucky's like, if you... I want the kid. I'll give the girl if you give me the kid. And at the same time, Chucky's making sure that Red and Blue team meet at the same spot. So now we have like everyone's in the same spot. Parent trap. Parent trap moment. Shelton gets shot. Yes, the red team comes. That's the only person who gets shot. Yes. Where the blue team's like, they're using live rounds. Everybody get down. And Shelton gets shot. Don Mancini originally intended that scene to be a massive bloodbath between both sides, but toned it down a little bit. Thank goodness, because they're kids. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then Chucky pulls the clip on the grenade. He pulls the clip, but he... And he holds it he down. He holds it down so it doesn't blow he up doesn't, unless he releases it. But then once he gets the kid, once the kid crawls away to go, Chucky's like, F this, I'm going to go after the kid, throws the grenade. And that's where we get our character. Everyone's busy checking on Shelton because the live round, what he's would dead. You do, what would you do in that moment? I'm going to put it on you. What would you do in that moment? Get as far away from that grenade as possible. Goodbye. And, and everybody else dies? I'm not sacrificing myself. But would you even try to run I'm like, up grenade. to it? I'd say grenade. And then. Yeah, he never even yelled it. Yeah. But, and he also like didn't even think I can go run up, grab it, and throw it somewhere else. Because yeah. it takes him like a hell of a long time uh, to it was a long make time. a decision on what to um, do. So he could have easily just like yelled grenade or tried to get rid of it. He didn't have to jump on it. And that's the moment where then we lose our focus on war games. We don't care about war games anymore. Everyone's like, oh crap. And then we focus on Andy's, I want, Andy I wanna, and I wanna, De Silva go have to get to the carnival to get Tyler. I want to go back a moment and back to the grenade scene because I made a comment to you while we were going out for cinnamon rolls earlier when we were talking about child's play three and i was saying that is i don't think any movie has ever had a scene where a character jumps on a grenade and they actually show like the impact that the grenade has on somebody's like abdomen you know and it's not like crazy he doesn't get like blown into pieces but like if you think of like every other war movie that has a scene where a character jumps on a grenade, usually at the explosion, they cut to other characters reacting to it. So, like, for me, this is the first movie that I've seen that actually shows what happens when a character jumps on top of a grenade. And it's frigging wild, Brie. <laughs> like, to actually see the impact of that is like, eek. I guess it's, like, he doesn't blow apart, but, like, his it's middle still is... like, oof. His middle does. Like, yeah, you know, it's like, brutal. Like, you know he's died in the most horrific... It is brutal. ...way possible. Mm -hmm. um, we get to the carnival. Um, the Tyler goes to the security guard like any kid would. He's like, he's after me. We get a little shot of the inside of the guy's drawer, the security guard's drawer. He has a tiny gun in his little drawer. And then, yeah, I was, uh, asked you later, I'm like, where did Chucky get that tiny gun? Because I guess I wasn't paying attention hard enough. I'm like, in the security guard's drawer, they showed it. Um, then we cut to Andy and De Silva going to the security office, seeing the dead security guard with a bullet tiny, tiny, teeny, weeny bullet hole in his head. And they go to find... Um, they're only like a few seconds behind. They see him enter the staff only of the scary, like the haunted house, ha haunted ride, and they Which go. This and looks like a very professional haunted house at this carnival. Yeah, it's like they could have easily just used Universal Studios. <laughs> and then we have this whole scene where it's like Tyler's running from Chucky. Chucky is trying to get Tyler. They they eventually get up like this like volcano scene. Chucky's face gets sliced in half. Yeah. And he looks even more terrifying than normal. And then, you know, Andy's trying to get Tyler and trying to stop Chucky. And you have, the, like, this big volcano mountain-like thing. And 
Andy looks down and there's a fan at the bottom and he has a brilliant idea. Yeet Chucky. Yeet Chucky. <laughs> well, okay, no. So did we get to the spell? He's trying to do the spell yeah. on Tyler. Yeah. And Andy blows off his arm. Yeah. So that's I, you're going ahead. Oh, shit. Sorry. Um, so he has this idea. You have this, the spell starts. It feels like he almost completed the spell because Andy takes so long to get to the top. Mm-hmm. But he blows off Chucky's arm. Away, do away, Dembala. And then Tyler kind of falls off the side. Chucky's choking on Andy. Tyler hands him Andy the pocket knife that Andy originally gave Tyler t- and told him to protect himself with it. Because don't trust Chucky. And he cuts off his arm his hand his hand and throws him down into that fan and he becomes charles confetti yes and unfortunately because no one believes that a doll comes to life andy takes and he gets andy gets arrested he takes the blame for everything and then he says some some crazy line like i've been here before like don't worry about me and it's like andy you are literally being blamed for fucking killing like 15 seven people or something and it's kind of like no like don't take the blame for this do not take but the like blame. who's gonna believe that a doll did it um like all of the witnesses that corroborated that they saw a living doll like everybody on the red and blue team that survived saw him walking around and speaking. I mean, this is true. At this point, the list of people that have seen Chucky just roaming around and have lived to tell the tale, like, it's enough to where you can have a I mean, I guess that's alibi. why in the show, Andy's, like, not in prison. Uh, Yeah, later in the movies. I think there's an explanation about everything, but um, I can't remember what it is. Unfortunately, that's just how this movie ends. And you think to yourself, no way could Chucky come back from that. Well, let me tell you, <laughs> way. <laughs> way. Um, so, I don't know. I just think that, like, so many people have seen Chucky just roaming around that it's hard to say, I don't believe this kid anymore. Right? So, um... I would love if Tyler came back in a future season of the TV show because I don't think he's coming back for the second season. Um, but if they brought back like Tyler and they brought back to Silva, that would be fun. I like n- the more we think about the Chucky TV show that's that's on right now. The possibilities are endless. The possibilities are endless and I would love, and I guess this is a conversation that we can have for the end of the franchise, but I would love if they did callbacks to those. They did more callbacks to three because there really isn't a lot. I know that they're slowly working their way into put it like tying everything up with a bow and like putting Glenn and Glenda in there from seed of Chucky. Um, Like they're doing more with, with Tiffany. They're trying to wrap up some stuff that they were establishing in cult and curse and I would love if the season, if the series ran for like two more seasons and then they capped it off. And it's like, we have an opportunity here to 
put a nice little bow on the Child's Play franchise, end it on our note, like our positive note, the way we want to end it. And I would love to see them work their way there to a definitive ending to this continuity. I agree. And maybe we'll get that in a few seasons. But I would love, love, love if the characters from Child's Play 3 came back. Like, I think we have a golden opportunity here for Tyler to show up at, at some point. Like, we've already brought back um, And I want Tyler to be Kyle. part of... I want Tyler to be part of the military. Yeah. I want De Silva to be part of the military. Let's bring in the military. Bring in the military to stop Chucky and have f- freaking Tyler running the, the task force on Chucky. Yeah. Wouldn't that be fun? Oh, well, let's write it. Army of Chuckies versus the actual United States Army. Let's let's write it. <laughs> We're doing it. So, Anthony, I have to ask you, does this movie make your list? No, but I do love it. I and know. I'm, I know I'm being like critical it's hard, in certain parts. It's hard for me to not put things on a list when I really enjoy them. It, Knowing that nothing is better than Bride and the yeah. first Child's Play makes it easier to say, this doesn't make my list because it has to be at the level of the first one or the level of Bride. It is not there. It's interesting what time does to these movies because and what future installments have us thinking about movies that have already happened. It's the same thing that happened with like, Halloween because you got so many crappy Halloween movies after six like people now go back and say man six is such a good movie I wonder if that's gonna happen with like with this one because this one was like almost universally hated by a lot of uh by a lot of child's play fans or a lot of just moviegoers so I wonder if now because we're like 30 years removed from the movie that we, we love it more. We can look back and be like, okay, it's actually pretty good. I don't know. Um, but it's tough when you have, like, Bride that comes directly after this. And Bride is so good, from what I remember of it. So good. And just a revamping of the series and the franchise that it kind of overshadows Child's Play 3. And Child's Play 3 now seems like it is the dark horse of the franchise, where it's like, doesn't get mentioned very often. They've Later on, they very briefly mention military school. Like, there's a very brief mention of Kent, but not too much after that. And um, I would like to see them give this movie a little bit more of its just desserts. You know what I mean? Give it some justice. Yeah. Bring these characters back. Don Mancini. One day. Maybe back. next season of the of the show. Um, you know, so it does not make my list, but I think we can look upon it favorably. We have not really covered a lot of movies that I've just flat out hated. Because <laughs> that's not what this podcast is about. And we've said it multiple times. What do you think is the one movie where I just absolutely hated it that we watched? You hated Rob Zombie's Halloween. That's it. That's it. That's the one where I was just like, <laughs> I hate this movie. How, do I know my future <laughs> husband or do I know my future that husband? Was, uh, that and Halloween too. I have to tell everybody that Anthony talks to me so much. Even when I'm not listening, I'm listening to this man talk. I, d- I don't think that you listen, but some not all the time. Sometimes. Well... There are times when you don't acknowledge me Excuse when I talk. Me. It's because you talk so much. 
I just feel very passionate about movies. I know, but do I talk that much? About other stuff. Maybe. About like teaching. Oh, yeah. I know, you can't shut me up about my job. I love my job. But that's because I, I told Anthony, I was like, I, I do. A, I'm, not, I'm not only do I teach, I work through my lunch. So I don't like I don't eat lunch. And then I'm going to do after school homework help for an hour after school. And that's going to be another hour of work. And well, I'm going to be making really good money. I'm going to be bringing it in like almost, you know, like two grand every two weeks. Let's go. But that comes at the the price of my sanity. But then student loan repayment coming soon. Yeah, I know. So gotta good work, luck, Bree. Got to work extra hard, everybody. Everybody yeah. tell Bree good luck. Good luck, Bree. Thank you, everybody. It's been a wonderful podcast. I'm glad that y'all have been listening to us. We ramble. Um, make sure to follow us on Instagram at review underscore pod. You can email us about any ideas. I'm talking to you, students of this man across from me. Give us some ideas. Yeah, one of my so I told Bree this when we were in Target the other day. A couple of my students, and if you're listening, shout out uh, AP Politics. They um, mentioned that we should watch American Psycho. And you know what I said to them? I have been avoiding it. Bree doesn't want to watch it. Well, I, I, I can't force her. Not that I don't want to watch it. It's that I've actually asked you to watch it once. and You, you did? Yes. Bullshit. No, I'm not joking. Uh, I don't believe you. You should believe me because I'm telling the truth. One of these days. I have never told I love lie, American Psycho. Except for the time I lied that I saw Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless You Line. did lie about that I and I'm still mad at want, you. Well, okay, here's I'm what happened. I'm still furious It's not that, that I lied about it. It's that I got that movie and Beautiful Mind confused. Injustice. <laughs> Blasphemy. And I was like, oh it's yeah. It's outrageous. I've, oh yeah, I've seen that movie. And the one where the, where the really... The really smart guy and the brain, and you're like, "What are you even talking about?" I was about? like, "That is not Eternal Sunshine." <laughs> and then he's like, "You lied," and I was like, "Oh, I just got the." I felt confused. so betrayed. I still feel betrayed by you that shouldn't. moment. You That's shouldn't. my favorite movie. Okay, give us movie suggestions at reviewpodcast one at gmail dot com. Follow Anthony on Twitter at gldtv one. And to get a hold of me, you must melt down <laughs> an old doll and make a new doll. With her blood. With mixing my blood in with it and then mail the doll to yourself and you just hope you don't get murdered. Yeah, just really, really try hard not to Try do that. hard. And then make sure you say, I'm a big fan before I, you know, get to the stabby stabby. Yep. Do exactly that and, and then you can reach Brie. Um, anyway, thank you for listening. You can find us on anywhere that you uh, get your podcasts, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, what have you. We're available wherever you find your podcasts. Go ahead and rate us that five stars if you would like to do so. Give us a nice comment. Um, and I think that's it, Bree. Yeah, so thanks next, for listening. Next, oh, yeah, thank you. And next week, we will be back with a fan favorite, Bride, Bride of Chucky. So... We'll see you next week. Skippy. The Review Podcast. Yeah.